afternoon and welcome to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin, and I'm here in studio today now with people who are involved in the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit, which happens in Croke Park on Friday, the 11th of October. And it's open to everybody. All members of the public are welcome to come along. And it covers a huge range of topics in relation to mental health and well-being, which is something, of course, that we are all very conscious of these days. So I'm very happy to have here in the studio today, Dervla Meany, who is the founder of the, Me- the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit. Jackie Fox, who's campaigning for Coco's Law. And Jackie's going to tell us a bit about that later in the programme. And Davina Ramkasoon, who is from Zevo Health, who is the wellness director there. So you're all very welcome to the programme ladies thank, thank you. you so thank much you for coming in so now Dervla this is the fourth year of the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit it's grown every year you've moved from the Aviva up to Croke Park because of the uh, interest really in the, yeah, in the event yeah, yeah. so maybe you could tell us a bit about what made you set this up and what gave you the idea in the first place yeah sure so yeah as you say we, we started this four years ago I run my own event management company White Diamond Events and we were running different corporate conferences and medical conferences and all sorts of events and the same factor kept coming up the same common denominator people were starting to talk about mental health and realise there was issues Um, but the main thing that kept coming back up was that when people did acknowledge maybe there was a problem they didn't know where to go to get help Um, a lot of what we just kept hearing was people were going to their GPs who were writing prescriptions for antidepressants because they didn't really know what else to do so it was kind of a cul-de-sac situation Um, and I guess the more we heard it a, a kind of frustration built up and you know the first thing I'll say to everybody is my area of expertise is not mental health it's event management that's what I do so I just sat with our own very small little team and I said look why don't we just try just for one day but <coughs> all of the services support products and services under one roof for one day and open it to everybody to attend and see what happens because the difference is with a lot of conferences that happen they're either medical or they're corporate so if we're not all talking together we're never going to beat this we have to all come together and um, so that's how this came about. Now, it was a huge risk at the time. So many people said to me, there's no way anybody in Ireland is going to walk to the doors of something called a mental health summit. Forget about it. So it is called the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit. And we're very clear about that because the whole point about it is it's healthy mental health. That's what we're doing. And that's what this is about. It's about prevention. It's about sharing the information. So... I spend a huge amount of time each year putting the content together, traveling around the country, speaking to the experts and speaking to people who have lived experience and personal experience and asking them, you know, what kind of information should we be delivering? What is relevant to people's lives? Um, you know, what will what can they really put into their lives that will make an impact in whatever their role may be? So. It kind of snowballed. The minute I started talking to people about this, they immediately said, I'm on board, I'm on board. So I was actually surprised being an event manager. It doesn't usually happen that easily. It's usually an uphill battle to start off with the very first event. So it it did, it came together, uh, thankfully. And we've had a huge range of speakers from all backgrounds. So we've had everybody from Brezzy to Joe Schmidt and Brent Pope does MC. And we have a wide range of personal experience speakers that some of them are in their 20s some of them are at retirement age all people who have different experience and have had one thing or another that maybe has impacted their lives it may be you know their own issue or somebody in their fr- their family or friends that they're trying to deal with and one of the other sectors that's huge obviously is the corporate sector so workplace well-being obviously is a huge issue as we all know 
And again, we kept finding, you know, employees will have one meeting about it, employers will have another and managers will have another meeting about it. So what we have seen actually over the last few years with the summit, and especially this year, is that maybe companies who in the first year sent one or two employees, now they're sending groups of staff, which is great because it means they're now serious. They're taking it and they're they're sending teams of staff to it because they can bring back, obviously, a lot more into the workplace um, and learn from it. And the, the, the whole popularity of this summit and the, is the appetite for the information we deliver. So when I speak to speakers and um, people who, who contribute on the day, we ask them to make sure that they speak about relatable information. You know, it's not a medical conference, it's not a scientific conference. I think we all know what the issues and the challenges are. We don't need to keep talking about the problems. We need to talk about the solutions. Um, and little things like you know those mornings that you can't get out of bed or you don't want to get out of bed it doesn't matter whether it's because you have a mental health issue or you're just tired and you just don't want to what are the things that will keep motivating us what will keep improving our role or our lives so the summit is as we say to everybody it's for mental health at work at school at home in daily life and it is for everybody People come to it from all sectors and it never ceases to amaze us from the Garda Síochána to the prison service officers to teachers, career guidance counsellors, CEOs, directors. And then, of course, so many of these people are parents. So they're coming to learn, you know, about different um, challenges that maybe they might be facing that they can learn how to cope with. Um, so, th- so that's what we've done and it has developed. Um, we deliver a huge range of different topics on the day. It is a very upbeat. This year we have the Dublin Gospel Choir performing. So um, it's a very positive, very upbeat day. Um, we run keynote workshops alongside, uh, keynote speaking sessions alongside workshops. And in between there's an exhibitors area that has everybody there from the Samaritans to Pieta House to yoga therapy people to people handing out apples and bananas because it's all about diet and nutrition is all part of it as well. Um, we do talks and workshops on youth mental health. Uh, then obviously workplace mental health. Um, as I said, diet and nutrition is part of it. The impact on family and friends is another thing that we do. Um, and one of the ones we're doing this year is millennials in the workplace, which I think kind of ties together the youth and the workplace mental health, because now we have these new groups of people coming out uh, with a different mindset coming into the workplace that probably isn't ready for them and isn't managing, you know, the mindset of the environment very well. Um, so you have people going into the workplace now that almost feel you have to give, you know, 210% of your time. You have to go in guns blazing. There's no down downtime. There's no saying no. You just have to keep working as hard as you can until you physically can't do it anymore. And obviously that's not right. So we have a young man um, called Josh Roberts who was a millennial in the workplace, worked in one of the big companies that we would all know, uh, had his own uh, burnout and breakdown, as he said himself, and now has changed his life around and is spending his time talking about it. So he's coming uh, over to from the UK to speak uh, on the day. Um, one of the other people we have coming is um, a guy called um, Johnny Benjamin. Um, and a lot of people might know Johnny Benjamin's story. Johnny Benjamin did find himself sitting on Waterloo Bridge um you know, literally ready to take his own life, um, having had a lot of uh, his own personal challenges and struggles. Um, and a stranger came along and talked him back in off the bridge. But they went their separate ways afterwards. And Johnny never knew who the man was that saved his life. Um, 
However, he did set up a campaign and they made a documentary called The Stranger on the Bridge. It's a hugely touching campaign to watch it. And, and, and it's, it was on BBC. It's on YouTube. Everybody can see it. Um, and he found him. He found the man who saved his life. Um, and it, it's a fantastic story. And Johnny now spends his time talking about how he overcame his own challenges. So he's also coming over from the UK. Um, but they're just two of the people, you know, again, there's mental health professionals speaking um, there is nutritionists speaking. Um, and as I said, in the exhibitors area, there's a huge range of diverse um, support services there also. So that's great because it's really bringing in the personal aspect there. Yeah, very much so, very much so. And and they are the talks that really, you know, are the most popular mm-hmm. on the day. They really resonate with people because we have people on another personal experience panel ranging from their 20s to retirement age. And people really resonate to, you can't beat lived experience stories. You know, they are the people who know what it's like to live the story. So um, they will always be the most popular speakers on the day and the people who really resonate with the attendees. Um, and, and we get that in the feedback from people who attend as well. And I'm sure those people, when they were in their lowest moments, would never in a million years have thought that someday they were going to be sitting on a panel in front of an audience and talking, you know. It just shows yeah. that people can come back from the very lowest point and well, move they forward do. into... And many people turn adversity into something that becomes a strength, of course, you know. Well, absolutely, and we see it so often, um, and you're going to be speaking to Jackie, and Jackie is one of those people, but um, so many people who have come and, and spoke at the summit, you know... And we would ever, never, ever put pressure on people to speak. You know, we would always say, look, even up to the day, if you don't feel up to it, that's OK. We understand, you know, we'll just come along anyway and, and you're there on the day. But exactly like that, they can't believe themselves they're doing it. But yet when they do it, they have such a sense of achievement and, and are so delighted because the feedback they instantly get from attendees and people at the summit, you can feel it in the room. Like you can actually feel the positivity at the event. Um, so it's almost, you know, therapeutic for them and themselves even, of even course. talking. You know, but doesn't it take a tremendous amount of courage, you know, to be so open and to be so honest about their own vulnerabilities? Absolutely. And, and you know, without people like that, we wouldn't be anywhere. We wouldn't be able to have mm-hmm. events like this. We wouldn't be able to um, make any of the, the steps that we're making forward in this whole sector, you know, as long as people are happy to come forward and willing to share their own stories, that has the snowball effect that will keep making other people come forward Indeed. and talk. Indeed. So just tell us how people sign up and how people attend, Gerald, please. Sure. So all of the information can be found on the website, which is mentalhealthandwellbeingsummit.com. Um on there is a link to all of the ticket information uh, you can purchase tickets directly on the link or the phone number is on there as well you can ring us and we will um, help you with your bookings we do ask people to book in advance because the ticket price includes lunch and coffee breaks so we do have to cater for people um, the, so yeah that's where all the information is can you give us the phone number just in case yeah so it's 01 so if you want to phone to make an, a booking, because not everybody yeah, is online, exactly. obviously. So yeah. it's 0151337762. Exactly. Yeah. 
and tell me the cost of the tickets. So the ticket starts, so we have a concession rate for seniors, for um, unemployed and for students of 65 euros and the standard ticket is 90 euros. So as I said, that those ticket prices include full day access to all of the keynote speaker sessions, all of the workshops and to the exhibitors area. It also includes morning and afternoon coffee breaks and lunch on the day. So when you say the exhibitors area, people have stands as well. Yeah, Is it given yeah. information so about that? So literally their- everything from there's, you know, um, Samaritan's Pieta House, there's health stands, there's corporate uh, well-being uh, companies are there. There's different types of yoga therapy, physical therapy, um, uh, all there on the day, just with leaflets. If people don't want to talk to anybody, they don't have to. But that's the whole point of this summit. You come and you take the bits that <coughs> you want that are relevant to you, and you can literally just take a leaflet from a stand and go away and make the phone mm. call yourself yes. afterwards. That is the whole point, that mm-hmm. we're just trying to put as much information there for people to take the little snippets that mm-hmm. will make the difference yes. to them. And mm-hmm. we know, because we always ask for feedback on the day, we give people forms to fill out, and even afterwards, the emails and the people say, my life did a turnaround after this. We don't know what information they picked up on the day, but it doesn't matter how mm. small or how big it was. The fact that it's making a difference yeah. is what it's about. Well, it's great to give people access to good information and good resources, I think, because like yeah. there's obviously there's everything and anything on the Internet. But someone said trying to get information from the Internet is like trying to get a glass of water from the Niagara Falls. Yeah. You know, there's no way of filtering really what's well, what it. you find online, whereas an event like this, people can find out what's out there and ask exactly. questions and yeah. and research it yeah. because I'm very aware that there are so many resources available you know and and I feel that uh, some there's still a kind of a concept that some people have that there's something wrong with feeling vulnerable you know yeah there definitely still is you know it's not the first thing anybody's going to say they're not going to put their hand up on a sick day and say you know I need to take the day off because I'm not feeling you know mentally strong enough today to deal with the stress but they'll put their hand up to say I have a cold um, but that's why you know look we have definitely seen a growth in this area in people talking and especially especially in the male sector like we have a lot of you know atypical males speaking at the summit deliberately um, and the construction industry have huge issues uh, and some of the sports as well huge issues so that's why we have those speakers on the day because mm-hmm. it's it's as you know those people they're the people who will make the change they're the people who will who will do away with the stigma and will encourage other people you know to mm-hmm. talk about it yeah I read recently that the construction industry in the UK is the industry with the highest rate of suicide actually yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's okay to ask for help, you know, nobody's, we're not robots, like everybody is uh, vulnerable, that's the core of our humanity really, actually, is our vulnerability. Well, absolutely, I don't think there's anyone can say they they didn't have a time in their life when they were feeling they didn't need help or didn't need to speak to someone. Absolutely, it's such an exempt from it. Nobody, nobody, and and once you do reach out for help, there's loads of help there and people are caring, like that man on the bridge, you know, a stranger came forward like to help him. That's it, exactly. Okay, so we're here talking about the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit, which is on on Friday, the 11th of October in Croke Park. It's 90 euros for a standard ticket, 65 euros for a concession ticket. And the tickets are available at mentalhealthandwellbeingsummit.ie. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> dot com. And the phone number is zero one five one three three seven six two. If you want to ring up and book a ticket and the ticket price includes access to all the events and also lunch and coffee, which is a really good deal, I think. So now we'll go to our first piece of music and uh, uplifting tune called Oh Happy Day, Sixth Track 2. 
Jesus washed. When Jesus washed. When Jesus washed. When Jesus washed. Jesus washed. When Jesus washed. Washed my sins away. Oh happy day. Oh happy day. Oh happy day. La 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 la. Community Radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. Could you and your dog spend one hour per week bringing special moments to people in care centres? Or would you like one of our volunteer visiting teams to come and visit your care centre? At Irish Therapy Dogs, we have a dedicated interest in the use of pet therapy for people in long-term or daily residential care. A professional organisation aimed at providing a pet therapy service on a national basis. 
If you with your dog would like to get involved, or if you would like one of our visiting teams to visit your care centre, then please call us on 01544-6198 or visit irishtherapydogs.ie for more information. Do you need a professional-looking website or graphics for your company? Does your current website work on all modern devices, such as tablets and smartphones? If not, you are losing business. Preamp Digital Media provides a full range of solutions to give your company the edge in today's digital world. Please visit www.preampdigitalmedia.com for all the information you need. That's www.preampdigitalmedia.com I've always provided. That's what I do. Even when the job shut down, I somehow managed. But the pressure chips away at your confidence. I felt alone. I needed to talk things out. I learned Samaritans isn't just for when you hit rock bottom. I'm glad I called. It's always worth getting problems big and not so big off your chest. Call Samaritans. No pressure, no judgment. We're here for you. Anytime, talk to us. Free call 116123 or go to samaritans.ie. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. I'm here in studio with Jarvla, Jackie and Davina who are talking about the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit, a very important event that's coming up on the 11th of October. It's a Friday in Croke Park and it brings together professionals and ordinary people from all around the mental health spectrum and wellbeing spectrum, people talking about their uh, experiences and giving information about the resources that are available to people. And very interestingly, the CEO of CISC is there, one of the build- biggest building contractors in the country and also from Keating, another uh, building contractor, because in the construction industry there can be a lot of problems with mental health. And also students come from all around the country, from all the different universities to... Uh, come to the summit as well which is really fantastic I think you know and the more open we can be and uh, the more unashamed we can be about our, our struggles in life I think the more we can all support each other mm-hmm. which is really fantastic I think it's a wonderful initiative so now Jackie Fox you are here and talk about Coco's Law something that you've been campaigning for and something that's coming into law quite soon I think yeah. so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that yeah um Coco's Law is something that I never thought in my wildest dreams I would have happened to campaign for. Uh, it all started uh, with my daughter who took her own life a year and eight months ago. Due to physical abuse and online abuse, um, where they, the physical abuse, they put cigarette butts out onto her, they burned her arms, they knocked her flying into the corner of a table where they dislocated her hip. They were pretending to dance on the dance floor in a nightclub and they would, you know, you know give her elbows in the face or the chest. Um, you know, she could never go out. She only went out once a week because she was afraid to go out any other, other time. But I, I always begged her not to go out and she goes, but ma'am, like, I'm 18 at this time and she says, like, I need to go out and but before she'd go out, uh, she would be thrown up in the bathroom um, with nerves and anxiety. And then just before she'd go out, she'd stand at the door and say, right, ma'am, take a picture of me. And she'd have this big beaming smile as if, you know, a mask going out, that everything. And she said, I'm not going to let these people um, get the better of me. So um, 
they made fa- it went on to online bullying then where they made fake pages of Nicole where they said they were going to beat her up so bad and leave her on life support machine they also got into a group like messen- like messenger where she wouldn't have been invited to the group and everyone else was joining in and they were saying um you know, Nicole would be better off not here. Everyone hates her. Go die. Go hang yourself. Slit your wrist. Um, you'd be better off dead. You know, uh, horrible things that would get into her head. Um, before all this, Nicole was a happy, happy, normal child. You know, she grew up. She had a lot of friends. She was um, bubbly, outgoing, cheeky. You know, the normal, typical kid until she turned 18 and when she started going out to the nightclubs. But um, the people online, yeah, they said nasty things to her and she found out, you know, but before she found out what they were saying, by that stage it was all shared and it got bigger and bigger and it was all, and the likes of Snapchat, Instagram, you know, they can be great platforms, but they can be lethal when you're, when you're getting bullied. Um, I think I hate saying getting bullied because bullied is is a very like a very childish kiddie ward. She was tormented and tortured online where she just couldn't cope anymore. And from this bubbly um, outgoing girl, she started to stay in her room all the time. She'd cry going to bed. She'd cry getting up in the morning. I used to lie in the bed with her and we'd cry together. Uh, I did bring her down to the guards about the physical abuse, but um, because she had just turned 18 then, they said she had to make the complaint herself. And she goes, Mom, I can't do that, because not only then I, I'd be known as a rat then, you know, you know, grassing up to the guards, and it would have made her, her life even worse. So she didn't go ahead with um, the complaint. But um, every day... Um, the online abuse got worse and worse where she she did she stayed in her room I used to try and get her out and go for walks or go to you know Livy Valley shopping centre you know and but you know it got to a stage where she said she took an overdose in 2015 and I found her got her to the hospital as quick as I could she was four days in the hospital and I thought then that these people would back off a bit and you know after seeing what they're, they're, they did for her, but no, they um, in the nightclub they they said, "Oh, Nicole took an overdose because of me," and they said, "No, it wasn't. It was because of me. It was because of me." You know, and they were, it was like claiming a trophy, like who actually made her do it. Um, she barely went out then. She did actually uh, go out once a week, an odd time, but as I said, she'd be thrown up, and you know, and she barely drank because she had to. Um, be aware of what was going on around her because she didn't know who was um, going. I never went to bed when she went out and she could ring me at one o'clock in the morning, ma'am quick come and get me or two o'clock or whatever. She never, actually never lasted a whole night because of fear and all she wanted to do was um, dance and sing. She hadn't got a note in her head, not a note but it never stopped her, you know, she just wanted to, she wanted to be normal and have fun. Um, it got it got so bad then. Um, I didn't know at this time that she was self harming herself in her room. Then she started digging her nails into her skin and in, in her legs and her stomach until then it got to her face. And she said to me, um, "Mum, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I, I want to die. And the only reason why I can't die is because I don't want to leave you heartbroken. Because we were like sticking plasters. We were so close. I knew everything that was going on." Um, I knew about the bullying, I know everyone who did it, but 
perilous perilous to, to stop it because it got bigger and bigger and bigger and you're going up against 25, 35 people um, people some people that didn't even know her but just listened to the, the rumours and the gossips and you know just joining in a lot through Facebook, through the apps until um, one day um, I left the house at 20 past 3 and I brought me, my son to work and went on around to collect my 14 year old son from school we stopped off at the chipper, which I regret a billion percent because I always think if I didn't stop off. So myself and my, at 20 past four, we're only gone an hour. And at 20 past four, myself and my 14-year-old son walked into the hall. And just for that second, we seen a stepladder and I said, what's the stepladder doing there? And then one second later, Nicole was hanging from the banisters with the dog lead. Uh, she used the dog lead and the stepladder. And um, I screamed. I had this pit in my stomach, just a howl. It wasn't even a scream. And I, I ran over and I tried to lift her up to get the weight off her neck. And I was saying, please call. And I screamed at Lee to, to, to take her down, you know. And then I screamed at him, get help, and then take her down. And anyway, he took her down and he ran for help. And I was doing CPR on her in the hall and she was still warm. It just looked like she was asleep and I was saying, please, Cole, please hold on and trying to work on her. And um, the, the ambulance crew came and the fire brigade and the guards came. And um, I'm going to say I had the luckiest two days in the hospital with her because she didn't die straight away. If she had died straight away and I didn't get to say goodbye to her, um, I don't know. I just I wouldn't have been able to cope. But she was in intensive care for two days on life support machine, where these people got their wish. They said they were going to put her on life support machine. She ended up. This was on the 18th of January, and we had the two days. She died on the 20th of January at 25 past five that morning. But we had, as I said, I was lucky to have those two days in intensive care We, I, I didn't sleep for the two days obviously, we, we um, sat there with her family were in and um, you know, giving, kissing her and rubbing her hair and you know, and just hoping for that little hope that she'd, she'd respond, you know but um, she didn't, she went uh, she had extensive brain damage in, in, in that hour that, that I found her and um her organs start shutting down, and um, she 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 passed away then on on the twentieth. So when the guards came back to me and and they had told me that there was nothing, there was not it, it wasn't a criminal offence um, to bully anyone online. Um, I could um, add anyone on Facebook and annihilate them, annihilate them until they they were that law. And, and it's not a crime, it's not a criminal offence. Um, there is no law. So I, Nicole passed in January, as I said. So in February, I think it was to avoid grieving, you know what I mean? I kind of got into fighting mode or, you know, just a different head mode. And um, I went to, um, I got a meeting in the doll and no one was listening. Um, I got another, a few other meetings with TDs and stuff. Nope, no one was listening and was so frustrating. Um, until one day I got a, a meeting in the AV room in the doll and there was um, a good a lot of TDs came from each different parties which was great because I didn't you know it was cross party oh, yeah and um, <coughs> I 
I knew this was the time to, to get our, our attention or, you know, it wasn't going to work. And um, I did. I got our attention that day. And one of the guys stood up and said, instead of working separately in different parties, we're not going to get anywhere with that. Can we all join together and bring in some legislation that would... Um, make it a criminal offence for you not to be able to to make people feel that low that they don't want to see past another day um, like Nicole um, yeah so I didn't hear anything for a little while after that and obviously I got onto the email and I'm saying do you remember me I'm, you know and I reminded him reminded him until um, one day I did get one of the TDs put me in the right direction um, which was great and Brendan Howland from Labour he was he had already started a law it's called the Harmful um, har- the Harmful Harassment Communication um, Law and he had already started but because no one was interested in it they stopped it so when I went to him and started campaigning for Nicole's Law, we had um, protests outside the doll. We did um, a march, which hundreds of people came, marched through the streets of Dublin. And um, so they started the, the, the law that they were, they started at the beginning, they, they started to do it again then in May. And um, it was just, this, you know, talk after talk and radio, television, everything, trying to get... Um, who Coco is and what I wanted. So Coco, Coco was Nicole. Yeah, and she was called Coco because when she was born, my nine-month-old nephew, he could never say Nicole and he could only say Coco. And um, so then just it stuck with her then. But then it kind of extended to Coco Pops and Coconut and, you know, as, as, as it does. But she, she would have been, to our friends and our close family, yeah, she would have been Coco all along. Nice. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I met up with um, Brendan Howland after months of meeting up with everyone and you're kind of thinking, like, are you even listening to me, do you know? And, and you feel like you're coming out as, and not achieving anything, but I actually was achieving something. It's just so frustrating that you want this in and you want it now to, to stop these people doing it to other people. So um, Brendan Howland, I'd say, was brilliant and I said to him... Um, you know, I want this law into for it to be a, a criminal offence for anyone to do this. But I also needed to be called Coco's Law after. I I can't just, you know, I I needed it to be in her name, and I would have been happy. I hope he's not listening because I would have been happy <laughs> to say to, for her name to be anywhere in the law. And he goes, he turns to me, he says, "Well, obviously you'll want her name in the main heading." And I went, "Well, yes, of course." But you know, I would have been happy. Just having her name, but no, it's going to be in the. It's going to be called Coco's Law, and um, I don't know what's going to be in it yet. I have to draft at home, but um, it passed its first stage, second stage, third stage. It's in its final stage now, where it's um, in the Garda commissioners, where they have to make make it watertight and have no loopholes because there's no point in going to court and then, you know, get, getting it thrown out and. You know, how would the people feel then after getting the courage to, to, to bring it to court? So they're tightening it up now and, um, you know, making sure that everything is so. Um, things work really slow in there, as as you know. Um, so I'm just waiting. Um, I got on, they, they were only back in the doll there um, after the summer breakup um, last Tuesday or whatever. And I gave Brendan time to get his coat off and I emailed him. <laughs> But he said that um, that it sent to the parliamentary um, 
uh, un- uh, the parliamentary committee, yeah, yeah. and the, the, the guards and the car- parliamentary committee are working mm-hmm. on it now. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just tight, just putting it together. They have the draft, they just want it all together. And um, he said, he also in the email said, uh, um, talking to Leo Fradgar, and he said it's progressing very good. And um, they also agreed to fund it as well. So uh, it's just waiting now to to get the Laura where it will be. It will be a good people can, and it's not only for the likes of teenagers or kids in school, or it's for people in the workplace as well. It's for everyone, anyone mm. that's mm. being bullied or you know mm. feeling threatened or um, mm. distressed or any mm. thoughts of self harm mm. or suicide. You know, mm. there, there will be something. Well, we're all vulnerable to being bullied online. I mean, anybody mm. can be bullied online. But mm. like, oh, you see, it, you may feel like that. It's. Um, been slow, but it seems to me it's actually very quick <laughs> since uh, yeah. just in one year, like you've got yeah. it to hear, like yeah. due to your own persistence, yeah. obviously. It is, it is quick, but not quick enough for, I for, for, I know. for I know. me. <clears throat> but like, it's such an incredible story. Like, did you know the parents of these Yeah, girls? some of them joined in. Some of them joined in, mm-hmm. so you had no leverage at all anywhere. No. To, and did no. Nicole have her own friends apart from these bullies around her? She, d- she had two really close friends. Now, because these were her close friends, they were getting targeted as well. Not not to to the extent of Nicole because um, they could pick up for themselves. Nicole had um, hypermobility syndrome where she couldn't um, where we can build muscle and it holds your 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 joints in. Nicole's was very weak and her joints would pop out easy. And they knew this these people and that's where I'm saying where they'd knock her into. To the table, and they knew mm. they'd dislocate her hip mm. or her shoulder or, mm. or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so incredible to think that there was no law against this. Mm. You know, yeah. still isn't because there are laws against bullying and harassment and yeah. stalking and all these kind of things. Yeah. But like, obviously online, it can be just as vicious and worse because mm. there can be so many people involved. Mm. So uh, there is a law. It's a the, the non-fatal. Um, law and that was out in 1997 and that's just through texting you know if I text someone but um, Facebook and all these haven't went out till 2004 so since then nothing they they hadn't went with the times of what's out now okay so thank you so much for telling your story Jackie and uh, well done to your persistence to keep that going and I'd love to have you back in the studio again maybe when the law is is, uh, finally comes through and we'll talk about the implications of it because I think it's something that everybody should know about thank you so much for that so I'm here with uh, Darv Lamini, Jackie Fox and Davina Ramkasoon talking about the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit that's coming up on the 11th of October in Croke Park so we'll go now to our next piece of music another happy piece of music Westlife You Raise Me Up When I am down And oh my soul so weary When troubles come And my heart burden be And I am still And wait here in the silence Until you come And say You raise me up so I 
that stand on mountains You raise me up to walk on stormy seas I am strong when I am on your shoulders You raise me up to more than I can be Community Radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. Could you and your dog spend one hour per week bringing special moments to people in care centres? Or would you like one of our volunteer visiting teams to come and visit your care centre? At Irish Therapy Dogs, we have a dedicated interest in the use of pet therapy for people in long-term or daily residential care. A professional organisation aimed at providing a pet therapy service on a national basis. If you with your dog would like to get involved or if you would like one of our visiting teams to visit your care centre, then please call us on 01544-6198 or visit irishtherapydogs.ie for more information. 
Do you need a professional-looking website or graphics for your company? Does your current website work on all modern devices, such as tablets and smartphones? If not, you are losing business. Preamp Digital Media provides a full range of solutions to give your company the edge in today's digital world. Please visit www.preampdigitalmedia.com for all the information you need. That's www.preampdigitalmedia.com I've always provided. That's what I do. Even when the job shut down, I somehow managed. But the pressure chips away at your confidence. I felt alone. I needed to talk things out. I learned Samaritans isn't just for when you hit rock bottom. I'm glad I called. It's always worth getting problems big and not so big off your chest. Call Samaritans. No pressure, no judgment. We're here for you. Anytime, talk to us. Free call 116123 or go to samaritans.ie. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. I am here with Dervla, Jackie and Davina talking about the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit, which is on in Croke Park on the 11th of October. It's a Friday. It's a €65 concession for the day and €90 is the standard ticket. That includes coffee and lunch. And there's a tremendous array of speakers and people who are talking about their personal experiences of mental health and mental health recovery and so on. It's like, it sounds like a fantastic day, a very holistic approach to health, looking at the whole body and the whole person. So Jackie has just been talking to us about uh, the law that she has been campaigning for, Coco's Law, which is named in honour of her daughter who died by suicide after a campaign of online bullying. And there's a Facebook page called Let's Bring In Coco's Law on Facebook. And uh, Jackie was saying that she's had enormous support from all over the world through that page. So this, of course, is the positive use of uh, social media, how we can support each other. And there is actually a talk called... There is a talk called Healthy Tech Habits in the Home. So it's tech habits for the whole family because, as we know, children learn from our example. So it's about us trying to... We can't avoid social media, but we have to learn how to use it in a positive manner. Absolutely. And parents absolutely need to know what their children are doing on social media. And, and of course, the children are so far ahead of us in terms of their capacity to use technology that parents are left in the dark. Well, this is it. And it's not that we can... It moves... Technology moves so fast, we can't keep on top of it, but we have to learn how to manage it and use it in a... a positive way um, and, and as I said teach the behaviours to the children who we no point in us telling them to put down their phone when we're staring at it every 30 seconds so this is we so have important. to lead by example this is so important mm-hmm. okay so now Davina mm-hmm. you are a wellness director in Zevo Health mm-hmm. and you're looking at health in the workplace and particularly in relation to overwhelm and burnout mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. so and you're going to be speaking at the summit okay so maybe you can just tell us a little bit about uh, what you're what your angle is yeah so our mission at Zevo Health is looking at how we can enhance well-being moving an individual from A to getting them to B um, and keeping them at B or getting them onto another point which might be C and just looking at how we can draw awareness to our health looking at how we build healthy uh, behaviours across our lifespan and it is about looking at the quality of our life we're not expecting everyone to be that Instagram you know version of life because we know that's not reality but it's about understanding where we are um, having that as our baseline and trying to encourage and increase our quality of life um, through 
different choices that we can make. And I think one of the most important things is to recognise that for some of us, we've not been taught these things necessarily in early childhood experiences. And so we come to life, um, we develop, and we develop whether they're positive um, coping strategies or not so helpful and positive coping strategies. We bring them through every aspect of our lives. So whether we're in work, whether we're engaging in our social lives with our friends and families, we we carry those behaviours with us. So it's looking at what we can do to enhance our um, positive behaviours across our life and hopefully enhance the quality of our life as we do so. Um, so that's the, the overall mission of Zero Health. And, and we meet anyone wherever they are on their wellness journey. We meet them at that point and we understand what goal the end goal is um, or their interim goal to, before they reach their end goal. And we work with them to try and enhance um, their, their chances of getting to that goal. Okay. So, yeah. so when you talk about their wellness journey, mm. you're really talking about wherever anybody happens to be at that particular moment. like Definitely. Because we're all on a spectrum in yeah. various with, ways. And with the workforce as well today, it's so diverse. Um, you know, it's not just looking at perhaps what you might have learned, um, what, what company you're in now. It's looking at all your past experiences that are, bringing, that are being brought with you um, to your present moment experience. So the way your culture plays into it, um, where you're from, where you've moved to, you know, what you've learned along the way looking at that whole the whole person so okay mm-hmm. fantastic so tell me something about overwhelm oh overwhelm it's something uh, to be honest it's instead to my heart because it's something I experience as well and what does it mean for me it's that sense of it's not necessarily the stress it's the overwhelm that uh, the feeling that you have when you can't necessarily plan properly you can't think properly you're thinking that you're rushing from one place to another you're not really in the present moment you're not really able to commit to one task you're doing 101 things at once and you're trying to maybe sometimes engage in perfectionist behaviors um, which might feed into that sense of overwhelm so really you feel like there's more stresses than you can cope with and yeah. more demands than you can yeah. cope with, which is a very common experience in the modern very world. Very common experience, yes. And and it's important to recognise that because we all talk about stress and when we look at stress on a continuum, you know, there's there's parts before we reach that stress point and overwhelm is, is a key indicator that you might be reaching a point where you're starting to feel stressed, where you're resources are are outweighing the demands that are being placed on you and some of them are ones that we put on ourselves as well Um, it's not necessarily things that we have to do in that moment so it's about rebalancing our expectations on ourselves Mm -hmm. and in the workplace rebalancing perhaps the expectations that we might have from our managers or that we um, put on ourselves that our managers have have Mm -hmm. of us so it's about being able to create boundaries isn't it Mm -hmm. so that we can draw a line in the sand really Mm -hmm. and say I'm not going beyond that because it's certainly something I see with my clients mm-hmm. in the workplace that there's enormous demands on them and they're expected to work extra hours that they're not being paid for mm-hmm. which to me is completely unfair mm-hmm. and they feel they can't say no mm-hmm. so what, what what would you say to people who feel they can't say no? Well, no always. So what we hear is people saying, no, it sounds so hard to say. And when we explore why is it so hard, they feel like they're not being um, helpful, they're being difficult, and it's going to create friction in, in the workforce. That in the, they're going the, to be penalised yeah. in some way for saying no. Exactly. And so one of the techniques um, I always encourage people to do is look at different ways in which they can say no. So... The most simplest way to do that might be saying yes, but let me do it at this time. So you're not feeling as if you're saying, no, I'm not going to help you. This can't be done. Um, It's saying it will be done, but I need to just look at 
coming back to the boundaries, what you said, when is feasible for me to get this in? Because we also have to look at the prioritisation that goes on in that process as well. Um, what else are other people asking you to do? What is most important for you, for the organisation that you're in? And then trying to get everything done in a timely manner. Yes. Mm. And <coughs> you're talking about overwhelm being kind of a precursor to burnout, really, mm. so that when we're starting to feel overwhelmed, there are certain kind of red flags, aren't there, that we can pick up on. Mm. I would notice, like, people start to have trouble sleeping, maybe. Yes. They start to feel an- anxious, maybe. Mm. They maybe have panic attacks at certain mm. points. Not eating. Not, not eating. Looking after themselves. Not eating or eating too much. Yeah. Or people start drinking more, or mm. they start smoking, or mm. this kind of thing. So I would say to people, these are, these are the things you really need to take notice of Definitely. when they start happening, yeah. because they're a signal. They are, and I think the thing that happens is people... So overwhelm is accumulative, and so... It builds up over time. builds up over time, and you don't necessarily recognise how your behaviours might be changing. But I think a lot of people around you recognise that you're not behaving the way you used to. So you might think you're fine and, you know, you're coping the best you can, and you and in that situation you may be. But it's looking at how your behaviour might be changing across, you know, a number of days, and then the days turn into weeks, and then it's months... And you're not re-energising, you're not looking after yourself, you're not filling yourself back Mm, up, filling mm. that cup back up. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to recognise because that first point of awareness going, Mm. I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, can prevent that burnout experience that happens. Because when you get to burnout, the recovery process is much longer. It can take some people a year at most uh, or or longer than that to recover from burnout it's not just you know a little term that we'll we'll throw around it can have really significant impacts on your professional life as well as your personal life it interacts how it interacts with your relationships with your friends and your family the quality of time that you give to them and the time that they feel that they can give Mm, to you as well mm, so so we need to to see these things coming down the tracks and mm, deal with them in advance before mm. the thing hits the buffers basically yeah and I I think it has a lot to do with vulnerability as well and being able to say that, like mm. we said earlier, I'm mm. not so good. Mm. Well, it's just I'm not able to do everything, yeah. you know, like because things come at us from all angles. Like I feel like I'm living inside a blizzard sometimes mm-hmm. with all the texts mm-hmm. and emails and mm-hmm. demands. And, mm-hmm. and there's so many interesting good things going yeah. on that you want to be involved in. But uh, that's I think that's a very relevant topic and, you know, yeah. very opposite for the moment for our current world I think especially with our internet course which is on 24-7 so you'll be talking at the summit as well I will yes and just giving a few few tips Mm. um, looking at what we can do Mm -hmm. self care it's all about self care yes especially for women (laughs) (laughs) okay so Davina thank you so much for that and uh, to Jackie and Dervla as well the mental health and wellbeing summit is on on Friday the 11th of October 8.30 to 4.30 it's in Croke Park and this is the fourth year it's grown every year because of its popularity which is fantastic there are professionals and also corporate people and ordinary people from all around country who are attending in fact people come from abroad to attend it's unique there's no nothing in england even to compare to this it's 65 euros concession and 90 euros for a standard ticket and you can phone 01-5133-762 that's 01-5133-762 if you want to buy a ticket or you can log on to mentalhealthandwellbeingsummit.com and you can buy a ticket there that includes lunch and coffee as well so I'm definitely going to be going uh, because right. it's uh, so interesting and so important and so timely 
that we all have as much awareness as possible about mental health, about mental illness, about the red flags that we need to be watching and about all the resources that are out there, which are enormous. So now, thank you so much, ladies, for coming into the show. And uh, we'll uh, finish on another very upbeat piece of music. Queen, this Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. Feel alive and the world I'm turning inside out yeah. I'm floating around in ecstasy so don't stop me now don't stop me cause I'm having a good time having a good time I'm a shooting star leaping through the sky Defying the laws of gravity I'm a racing car Passing by like Lady Godiva I'm gonna go, go, go There's no stopping me I'm burning through the sky Two hundred degrees Just while they call me Mr. Fahrenheit I'm traveling at the speed of light I wanna make a supersonic man out of you Just give